When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ron Keel, the metal cowboy from the Ron Keel band, Steeler and Keel. And you're listening to Cobras and Fire. Enjoy the ride. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. And today, Baco's Plus One is the metal cowboy, Ron Keel. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and today my plus one is a man, if you listen to this program, you know very well, and I'm talking about the metal cowboy, Ron Keel. Ron, welcome back. Great to be back on Cobras and Fire. Baco, always great to talk to you and your listeners and your audience. And you know, I am super slammed, really busy with the music, the business, the sessions, the gigs, the songwriting process, all the stuff that I that I do. But you know, I'll always be there yeah. for you. I'll be there for you. These five words, I swear to you. When you say you want to do an interview, I'll be <laughs> there for you. Are we going to talk about Bon Jovi? I actually, I had two things I wanted to hit you with before we, because first of all, I have this pile over here of things you, you're currently working on we need to get into. Um, so uh, okay. I, I, I promise you, I don't have anything to, to talk about with Keel, Gene Simmons, Malmsteen, uh, none of that stuff. But there is a couple of current items, I, if it's all right, if I, I really would like to pick your brain on as much as, as you'll be willing to get into it, I guess. so. Absolutely, man. I'm all about talking about what's going on now, because everybody's heard the stories about Malmsteen and Gene Simmons and mm-hmm. huge parts of my life, my career, my history, my legacy, but I'm all about the future and what's happening now and what's going to happen in the year to come. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that uh, it came up on a recent episode of ours and it hit social media was Eric Church basically canceled the concert on a Saturday night to go to see the most prolific college basketball team play once again in the Final Four. I found it pretty appalling. Um, I, I, people have said I would do the same or ask me if I would. I've never been fortunate enough to have been at that level or do anything or make that kind of decision, but to me it's a fucking easy one. No, I would never ruin that many people's plans so I could go watch a sporting event. And I'm a big, you know, you know I'm a big Viking guy. I, I, I'm irrational and, and, and stupid about it, but some things are just, you know, come on. Get some fucking perspective. I know you know about it. Have you ever canceled the show for anything? Uh, and what was it, I guess, kind of where I'm leading here? Well, part of being a musician, a touring artist, uh, recording and, and touring artist is missing out on a lot of the cool shit that you wish you could be a part of. I missed Christmas. I missed my kids' birthdays. I didn't see my kids graduate from high school, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's way more important than a sporting event. Uh, 
the show must go on. Uh, I, I do not uh, accept or condone Eric's decision. And you know, it's his life, it's his career, it's his business, but I would never do that. I've never canceled a show for any reason other than, well, there was when, when Renee had cancer, I had a birthday show scheduled. It was on my birthday. I wanted to do a solo acoustic gig on my birthday in a local pub here mm-hmm. near my home in Sioux Falls. So it wasn't like a big concert where people had made plans and flew in and made hotel right. arrangements and all that. But it was it was my birthday. And I thought for my birthday, I want to do a solo acoustic gig in my hometown for all my friends and just kind of have a bronchial birthday party. She was going through chemo radiation, her cancer treatments at the time. And I felt like I didn't want to leave her at home. I uh, I didn't want to celebrate my birthday without her. And the club was very understanding. And I, I, I let them know that uh, I, I just can't do the show this week because I want to be home with Renee and she's uh, going through uh, her cancer battle. So I did a live stream that night on my birthday for all my friends and fans and just kind of went live on, on Facebook live at the time. This is before Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, uh, but I, I believe that there are very few reasons to ever <laughs> cancel a show. I've never canceled a show because of vocal reasons, never because mm-hmm. I was not feeling well or afraid that I was not going to sing properly or, or whatever. And I was, I, I, the show must go on, man. And I, my entire career is littered with stories like that. The night my father died, uh, I was on the road and I had told my dad and I'd been there with him. He was, he was in tough shape. Uh, he had a couple of strokes and I had been there at his bedside every day, but we had a one week stand at the, what was the, the museum club in Flagstaff, Arizona, which was a really nice paying job. Great venue. It was, this is in the 90s at the height of country music when I was doing the Ronnie Lee Keel country thing. And it was the one gig that I really needed to do and wanted to do, and the band wanted to do it. And I wanted to, to get my guys paid and wanted to go play some music, have a good time. And I told my dad, look, I'm going to go for, it's five days. Uh, we're going to go do this gig. And I was he, he was unable to speak. He just gave me a thumbs up, you know, son, go do it. And we did the gig. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think it was a six-night gig. And on Sunday night, I got a note on my mic stand. Literally, I walk on stage to do the gig. The last night, we've been there five days, six days. I get on stage, and on my note, there's a mic stand. There's a note, a napkin on my mic stand. Some cocktail waitress had taken the call. Ron, your father's passed away. Call home. <laughs> and that's how I find out my dad died. Mm. I walked on stage and the napkin was on my mic stand. And I'm going, my dad, who's my best friend and my hero, he just died. Hmm. And now I got to do a show. I got to do that's a gig. That's brutal. Uh, so to, for Eric Church to cancel his gig for a, to, to watch a sporting event? Are you kidding me? I'm a huge sports fan. I love uh, the NFL, and you know we'll uh, we'll catch the highlights later, man. But right now it's time to rock. <laughs> I there's so many layers to like. First of all, there is no excuse uh, that involving this that matters. But one, 
They've been there 21 times. No other team's been there that many times. They're there all the fucking time, Ron. Uh, two, he didn't go to North Carolina. He, he's not even a, an alumnus. Uh, three, it wasn't even the championship game. It was just the first, you know, and none of that would have changed my opinion at all. But I'm like, everything you, every time I look at it further and further, peel another layer off, I'm like, it becomes more and more less significant. And to hear your story about how you found out about your father really does fucking put things in perspective for at least what my point is. And I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of his music, but I don't really think that's the issue here. You know what I mean? A lot of people are. A lot of people bought tickets and made travel plans. People that don't like him work in the restaurants around that arena. You know what I mean? So I am a fan. I like I like him. I like his music. I like what he stands for, what he does. But this one really alienated me, and I'm sure a lot of his fan base as well. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about vocal issues, so I'm going to get into a little bit of this. You did uh, share a Patreon video where you break it down a little bit more, so people who want a more elaborate answer on Ron, uh, Ron's opinion of kind of some of these singers that are kind of getting older, and like like you, you you eloquently point out, there's a lot of reasons these things happen, but the one that's making the most news is, and I want to I want to set this up because I'm really interested in. Um, and your take from like someone who's been there, like what what you what you think is going on? Because personally, we're, I'm talking about John Bon Jovi. There's there's been a lot of um, a video being shared of him, kind of really. Let's just call it a bad performance. Now, I've yeah. been saying for a while that <laughs> John has has not been. Wow, I didn't think you'd be willing to go that far. Right on. And I'm not uh, in, in, in an interview situation like this, Jason Baco. I uh, I put my opinions hmm. on Patreon for a reason. You're right because You're that's right. my inner circle. Those are my friends, my family. It's kind of like talking to your loved ones around the dinner table. I don't put that shit on social media, and I don't want to address it in an interview as well. If you want to hear my evaluation, my opinion of what Vince Neil, Don Dockin, Elvis Presley, John Bon Jovi, and uh, these other singers, uh, you can subscribe to Patreon at patreon.com slash Ron Keel and get my take on it. Give me just a chance to at least throw my question out there because it's not so much about John or your opinion on on that kind of stuff. Um, it's more your opinion as a singer on what you think. And again, because we don't know, and I and I'm saying I want to make sure I put some of the stuff up largely for your benefit. I'm not trying to to get a blabbermouth headline here, believe it or not. Um, yeah, you are. I've lost my voice thirty seconds into a three set night, and it is just. It is a very it's it's cringy and it's panicky and like it you how how it affects you as a person is 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 it's really hard to understand because the singer's voice isn't like a guitar that you can tune you know and I'm not saying anything new there now I, I personally I thought John's kind of been mailing it in as far as effort wise for a while now. I kind of stayed away from even watching this video for the for the most part for the last week or so because I'm like it's just the same stuff, right? But then it just kept going and going. 
I watched it, Ron, and and it sounds like mechanically his throat can do stuff that would be acceptable. To me, it's almost like there's something with his hearing. I, again, I'm speculating, but as someone who's lost his voice, like it's like it's 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 like a tightening that they just goes snap, and there was more of a obvious problem. His his issue, and, and again, if you don't want to address it further, I, I will drop it after this. But my question for you is, as someone who's been there, you've had to have nights where maybe you just weren't quite right there. I, I don't know if you've had that that like Quint sing it all moment like I just described. But uh, to me, this is this is different. This this doesn't sound like someone who's aged or drank too much or got old. It seems like it's almost like maybe it's a hearing issue or something uh, specifically about the struggles that I saw in the, in the recent videos. Have you any do you have any take on that? I do have a take on it. It's at patreon.com slash Ron. All right, people, I tried. That's where I'm going to air that. Uh, I will, like, like I told you, I'll speak to my family, my inner circle on Patreon about what I really think and feel. Now, getting to a technical level with uh, the Bon Jovi footage and my evaluation of it, and I'm a huge fan. I Mm -hmm. toured with John uh, on the Slippery When Wet tour. Uh, There, there are multiple, um, components to the voice the heart the head the spirit the mouth Mm -hmm. the throat the diaphragm the chest cavity there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into and even if everything else fails let's put it this way when everything else fails you can still move your mouth and enunciate the proper phrasing and the proper lyrics and the right timing i mean i mean I'm not sure what's going on with John. Uh, I do address it in my mm-hmm. Patreon audio blog, uh, uh, but it's it, that's not a throat issue, man. You know, when, when the mouth is that's not your throat, man. Your head, your heart. Yet there's something else going on there, and, and that's okay. Uh, you know, it's not having a bad night. It's not losing your voice. It's not getting older. John's younger than I am. Yeah, so uh, step your game up. Uh, you're selling out arenas, and so uh, it's disturbing and it's perplexing because in those clips you can see he's playing acoustic guitar. He's doing mm-hmm. the intro to "Wanted Dead or Alive," and he's executing that difficult intro. That's a good point. That's well, a good point. He's playing well, so to me it looks like drugs, but. If he was that fucked up, how can he still stand up there and do the jumping jacks right. and play the guitar properly? So I, I don't know. Right. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's it's a, a touchy subject. Obviously, that hits close to home with uh, people like me, a singer who is aging, as mm-hmm. we all are, one day at a time. And I applaud my heroes like Sammy Hagar, Rob Halford, uh, Steven Tyler, uh the list goes on. Tommy Shaw, I just saw Sticks uh, not long ago, and Tommy is as good or better than when I saw him in 1978, 79. Uh, it, and a lot of it is genetics. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is the heart and the desire as well. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going on with John or with Vince or with Don or some of our other heroes that are not – it's 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 a it's a common topic and it's going to continue to stay common as long as our heroes continue to get older and and shine or decline uh 
my goal is to shine as long as I can and sing the best I possibly can every night. And if I ever get to that point, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wake up the next day and see that shit on YouTube, man. I'm done. Uh, I'm transitioning into the business as uh, the president of RFK media and radio with KRFK radio management consulting other business aspects. I'm not going to stop touring and singing and writing songs and releasing recording albums until I am not delivering the goods. And right now I do believe I'm delivering some of the best stuff of my career with songs like last bottle on earth. And when this is over our next single from Ron Keel band, I'm really proud of my work and I've shared video on Patreon of me in the studio doing the first run through of songs like uh, when this is over, just uh, turn the mic on. Let's get a feel for it and go through the song and top to bottom, singing it uh, for the first time ever, really. And uh, I look at it, I hear it and I'm proud of it. So as long as I can do that, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw in another plug. I think I do this every time you're on here. If you're a fan of Ron Keel, his music, the band Keel, Ron Keel band, any of that stuff, hands down one of the best uh, Patreons I've ever had a chance to dig into and stuff. Uh, you, you definitely you keep supplying content, so and it's all good stuff. It's not just things like that. You have a, a if the history of your entire career comes up at certain points, and and you interact with the fans. So kudos to you for that. But yeah, seriously, anybody listening, I haven't I've said it enough, but if you haven't checked it out. You know, what is it, seven bucks a month? Come on. It's, you know, 699, 23 cents a day. And uh, <laughs> it really even in February, it, even in February, Ryan, it, it, uh, it, it helps. Uh, and really, I put all that money back into the product. It goes back into the broadcast gear. The fans have helped finance a lot of the projects that I'm doing and, and uh, that those Patreon subscriptions do make a big difference. They got Renee and I through her cancer battle. And uh, I, That's to amazing. me, it's now it's a family. It's a tribe. It's it's our and you're a member, mm-hmm. and I appreciate your long term membership, Baco. It's uh, it's my personal. Campfire. Still haven't got my koozie, by the way. I'm I'm very upset about that. No, yeah. You, are you sure? Really? No. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, yes, I've I'm, got uh, I've got a few. Well, let sure. me know, man. This is tough to keep up with. Did you not get your welcome package with your autographed photos and your koozie and all that stuff? I never got any of that uh, stuff. Well, you probably I signed up. We, I got a chip. Well, you probably signed up before we did the koozie deal, but now we've got the Kilo Hall coolers, mm. autographed photos, uh, all that great stuff that you sign. When you sign up, you get the best of what I got. And, uh, I, I really enjoy that interaction with my my fans and mm-hmm. friends on Patreon. I have been, uh, honestly, and I'll admit it, I've slacked the last few weeks because I am consumed by the music. I'm trying to create a great new record and write songs and, and uh, stay creative. And the the music is, is it's it's an addiction. <laughs> I, I've not been as interactive as I, I'd like to be. We'll do a live chat soon. And I'll, I'll Those continue are fun. to share some of the, some of the, the behind the scenes stuff, which I think is really cool. The, mm. Anomaly film, which uh, I'm oh. starring in a movie, and I've got the behind-the-scenes making of the movie the first couple of days on location in New Jersey a few weeks back. I've shared that with, with our Patreon members, and I'm creating a clip as soon as possible next couple of days 
of the video shoot for when this is over our new single mm-hmm. taking you behind the scenes of the song and the video shoot and and uh giving you a a, a glimpse behind the curtain well, let, me, let me ask you this uh you've been doing what you're doing as far as writing and recording music for a long time at this stage of the game um what 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 actually drives you like what what inspires you to write a write a song when you're sitting down Are you just do you have something kind of formed or basically what's your process like? Cause it has to be different than it was, you know, when you were 20. Well, I have developed a, a skill to keep my radar on all the time. So my radar, it's kind of like a, you know, I'll sense a song in the ether around me and it'll hit me upside the head and everything else stops. Obviously literally this new single, uh, and this is a really special, important song. When, now we're talking when, about when it's over. Is the, the, when this is when over, this is over. Is okay. So I got an email from a fan, and this was uh, a day we were in the studio. The guys in the band are all over, hanging at my house, and a couple of them are sleeping in the spare bedrooms and and, and whatever. And we're, we're going into the studio that day to to uh, work on the new music, and I got an email from a fan overseas. And this is before the war in the Ukraine. This is literally a week before this Russian invasion. So we were still really kind of focused, I think, on COVID. I think that was the basis of his message. But he was a a fan from overseas who sent me an email. Just, I love what you do. I love your music. I'm a big fan. I've been following you ever since uh, the old days. And I love the Ron Keel Band. And can't wait uh, to see you guys tour over here when this is over and those four words hit me upside the head right then and there. I saw the email. So I I didn't sit down to write the song. The song hit me. Uh, I woke Dave up. Dave's in the spare bedroom. I said, wake up now. We're writing this song right now. And we sat down and just kind of poured our hearts out into what we're going to do when this is over. And this is not necessarily COVID or World War III or any of that other shit. It, it could be uh, whatever you're going through, your relationship, or when this is over. This interview, if I'm gonna get up. For you're, you're like, when this interview is over, fuck, man. I just <laughs> <laughs> When this is over, I'm going to get on with my life and do what I love to do right. and spend time with people <laughs> love and all that. Uh, and so that that's how it happens for me. The inspiration strikes me out of the blue mm-hmm. and everything else stops. Uh, the laptop gets closed. The guitar, I pick up the guitar and I pick up the notebook. This literally it's right here. And this was not a prop waiting. This is these, these are my songs. This is my lyric collection. These are the songs that I'm working on right now. Uh, various notebooks from, from throughout the years. And this one is my special handwriting the lyrics in the notebook the guitar and the notebook are always literally right here uh, and i find you have to strike when that inspiration hits you uh, and follow it wherever it leads because you can't just put it on the back burner and go about your contracts and your other business and all that stuff the music is precious and it's it's like a gift from God, man. You've got to capture that stuff when it happens. So that that's that's my writing process. And once I open the floodgates and my radar's on, it's very tough to shut it off. Uh, I do that January, February of each year. I 
put the radio show on hiatus. I don't listen to any music. I don't listen to even TV. I don't listen to, I look, I watch sports with the, with the mute button on because I don't want to hear the music during the commercials. I don't want to hear any music for January, February. I am focused on my own music. And this year I just haven't been able to shut it off, man. It's, it's still happening. It's still pouring out of me. And uh, I'm going to keep that flow going as long as I possibly can. Cause those songs are precious, man. They don't, they don't come along every day. I've, I've been in this business 40 years and I've written a couple of good songs and I, I've learned to treasure that inspiration when it strikes you, hmm. you've got to follow it. Uh, and th- there's a single coming out pretty soon, right? Is there going to be an album following? Do you have any plans yet on that? Or The album is Keel World coming out in January of 2023. You've mentioned that. I'm sorry. And when the, the uh, single, though, drops uh, pretty quick here, right? In, in May or something like that? The single's got to come out now, man. The single's got to come out now. So what we're going to do is my company, RFK Media, mm-hmm. is going to re-release the Ron Keel Band debut original album, Fight Like a Band. And we're going to include When This Is Over as a bonus track mm-hmm. on the new reissue of Fight Like a Band, probably in about six weeks. And... Uh, It'll be a standalone single and video, which will stand on its own, but also included on that Fight Like a Band reissue because I don't want to wait. The song is, it's not timely. It doesn't talk about COVID or World War III. Well, it does talk about World War III, but it, it's it's timeless. But I, I feel that it has a very strong message that I'd like to share with, with everyone right now. So I'm anxious to get this single out there as soon as possible. Right on. And um, well, you texted me the other day. What was the song title that you were in the studio screaming? You mind sharing that, or is that someone we're keeping under wraps? Uh, I can pull up my phone if you. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, you were uh, like, yeah. But, when you, you know, during that time where you were blowing me off left and right, live to live the rock. Is that what it's called? Live the rock, a brand new song from Keel, and the, the Keel? new album Keel. Yes. All right, let's clear a couple things up because now, old man Baco, I don't know if you heard I'm a grandpa now. Things confuse me really easily. Uh, Keel World is what? Is that a Keel album, a Ron Keel album, a combination of Ron Keel's, like, it, what goes on in your head? What, what do we got here? I'm surprised. I'm surpri- here, here's the loop. Here's Baco. <laughs> I, can't believe- <laughs> I can't believe. I just got done saying I'm an old man and I'm angry. So, um, oh man, I talk about this a lot, but I'll go ahead and reiterate it for you and your listeners. Keel World is my next album coming out in January of 2023 on RFK Media, which includes and features all new music, all new, nothing out of the archives, no re recorded stuff, all new music from Keel, Steeler. Ron Keel Band, Iron Horse, Fair Game, Rattlers, all my bands. I'm in seven bands. Uh, and it's absolutely, <laughs> it's insane. What a, This is the album of a lifetime. And it's coming out in January of 2023. And it's going to include all new music. There's three new Keel songs. Uh, new Steeler with Mitch Perry on guitar, Rick Fox on bass, doing Miller on drums. Bunch of new Ron Keel Band songs. Fair Game, Rattlers, Iron Horse, all those projects, hmm. new music from all those bands. And Keel World, did I, where I live. Did I see that there was going to be a Keel Fest in February 2023? That's the plan. Hmm. Can we talk about that, or is it uh, still too early? You've, you've teased it. 
Uh, that's my goal is to celebrate the release of Keel World with a Keel Fest event in Las Vegas, Nevada on February 4th, 2023. Right. Uh, should I book? Uh, I, I guess is it too soon for me to book a hotel and uh, airfare? But uh, that sounds like something I can talk uh, the wife into. I, I think, uh, you know, I I have a, a talent for making shit happen. Yeah, and, you definitely uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make this happen, Baco. So, All right. Uh, I haven't made my travel arrangements yet, but I'm about to. All right. Um, you do have something coming up this summer that it's an event I've done gone to a lot, but I'm not sure I can make it this year, believe it or not, is uh, Grand Rock Timber. Um Man, the the idea that they they got you and Tony Harnell, a couple of my favorite singers from the '80s, but but on the same day, um, I, I got to tell you, first of all, I've been to this event a ton of times. You guys are gonna kill it. Uh, you're gonna love it too. It's it's a really cool vibe, and the, the the crowd that goes there every year is very. I don't know. It's almost family-ish. You know what I mean? Um, but my God, they have just decided to just jump on board this whole, let's gouge people to fuck. So yeah, I'm not going to pay $390 for a hotel room for one night. And, and well, I, I'm going to have to sleep in the, the Ron, Ron quest, I think. So there are other hotel arrangements to be made in, in the region. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I'm sorry, but I, I have to drive at least 30 miles to get to a, uh, another hotel. And at that point, well, hold on, hear me out. Hear me out. At that point, <laughs> I am 30 miles to get to a hotel. You are preaching to the wrong choir, brother. Yeah, I am. I am 30 miles from going home at that point. It's just I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Again, old man here. I'm. I'm just. I missed the years that I could. You know, for a couple hundred bucks, I could stay for the weekend. That's all I'm getting at, Ron. Come on. What's wrong? Why do we gotta? Why do we gotta make these things horrible? You voted for him. I voted. Oh, come on, please. Here we go. Uh, I, I actually, I did not. He is that guy is in the, 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 the put this whole uh, bullshit in, in motion if you want to go there. But uh, he, I know, I he's think, retired you know, now. Don't, don't start bitching about inflation if you're, if you're, you know, I mean, you know. Oh, I'm not bitching about inflation. I'm bitching about the revolution. The revolution's over. The revolution's over. We lost. You paid the price. You're going to miss out on the best gig of the year <laughs> in Hickory, Minnesota on September 10th because, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't care what it costs to fill my tank. I don't care what it costs to fill my tank on September 10th. I'm going to be at Rock Denver in Hickory, Minnesota at the Grand Hotel Casino with Winger, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, Ron Keel Band, Tony Harnell, the previous night, we've got Jackal, <laughs> Stephen Pierce, Quiet Riot. It is the M3 of the Midwest, and it is an event not to be missed, especially in your home state of Minnesota. Mm. So I expect to see you there. All right, fair put enough. you on the guest list. All right, fair All enough. Right. I'm on. If you put me on the guest list, there's no way I'm not coming. For 350 bucks, I'll put you on the guest list any fucking day of the week. Yeah, we'll talk off air. Honestly, I'll I'll be there. All right, well, you have a lot of other stuff going on. You mentioned KRFK Radio. Does the F stand for, I want to guess, Floyd? The F stands for Fisher. Oh, Fisher. Okay. F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Aaron (laughs) Fisher, my partner in RFK Media, my longtime best friend, and he and I have done some business together over the last 20-plus years. And we decided to pool our resources and create this new media company, a multimedia business that specializes in music. The music's always going to be the bottom line. And uh, 
releasing product from all of my product from now on, whether it's Ron Keel band, Ron Keel solo stuff, reissuing some old product and signing new artists like the fifth from Fayetteville, North Carolina, featuring Roy Cathy on lead vocals, former Cold Sweat lead singer. Um, RFK Media is the, the record company, and we're going to branch out into art, comedy, book publishing, and other media outlets, as well as uh, KRFK Radio, which is our own station, mm-hmm. broadcasting now, loud and live, 24-7, at krfkradio.com, and we feature the best and syndicated programming. We've got Eddie Trunk, Dee Snyder, Joe Elliott, and so many more great syndicated programs, including My Streets of Rock and Roll Show. Uh, what a great uh, aspect of our business is to be able to have that platform on radio. We've got about 25,000 listeners now, and we're going to keep building on that. Really proud of what we've done. My partner, Corey Harker, who uh, does the programming and really all the heavy lifting on the st- stuff on the tech side, He's uh, done a great job building a playlist of over 20,000 songs from all eras and genres of rock, you know, and, and I, I always tune in to hear my show mm-hmm. on my station uh, and not, not really us all. It's not an ego thing. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of, just, it, it does make me feel good. makes me happy. I enjoy it, but I want to kind of keep my, finger on the pulse of the product and yesterday i tuned in to the premiere of this week's edition of my show streets of rock and roll and i heard leading up to my show i heard songs that i hadn't heard in in decades uh just a really diverse playlist we had t-rex what was it children of the revolution uh t-rex uh and i hadn't heard that song god since the 70s uh but there's modern rock, metal. We do a lot of rock blocks where we'll take an hour and focus on Southern rock or death metal or whatever. And, and really, the, the playlist is super diverse. It's very entertaining. It's a wild ride, and I'm really proud to be a part of it and uh, just trying to uh, to entertain people. I know we all have a thousand options when it comes to streaming music online. I just wanted to give you a thousand and one options and uh, so far it's working we got great sponsors retroactive in myrtle beach south carolina the coolest stores on the planet uh rochester records in rochester minnesota uh online metal promo.net uh, and so many others uh, rf rfl records uh sponsoring some of the programs on krfk radio really really proud of what we've accomplished and we're just getting started uh, I do want to want to have one follow up there. What what is Ron Keel's uh, favorite death metal band? Man, I don't even know what death metal is. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, back when I we got into metal, when we got into metal, it was Priest, Maiden, Saxon, mm-hmm. you know, a Motorhead, Def Leppard, whatever the new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, and to me, that was that was metal uh, and all the subgenres and all the different classifications that have come the last 30, 40 years. I, I don't keep up with it. I don't even know what death metal is, but if my listeners want to hear it, we're going to play it. Fair enough. What's the heaviest band? Not in my band. Not, 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 a, not in the Rock Hill band show. We're not going to play any death metal. But on KRFK Radio, you're probably going to hear some of that shit. So we're not going to hear At War With Satan during a Ron Keel's band show, you're saying? so? 
Probably not. Okay. Well, what, what is but the... On KRFK Radio, okay. tune in, man. You never know what you're going to get. Well, what would be the... What do you think the heaviest... What's the heaviest music or band that you like? And how do you define heavy? I'm at, It's your definition, so yeah. No, no. You asked me what's the heaviest band that I like. It's your opinion, uh, so I can't. Look, I mean, I don't know. Are you into Slayer? Are you Sabbath? What do you? What do you where do you draw the line? Oh, Sabbath! You know I'm into Sabbath. In fact, I was in Sabbath for three days. I was into Sabbath for three days back in 1984. <laughs> uh, certainly, I mean, yeah, that's that to Just me those is three days. That, <laughs> That, well, it was kind of like three weeks, actually. No, but, I, I know uh, what you're saying. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, I uh, look, you're a hard rocker. Not, you know, a, a lot of people, like especially now, like that whole that '80s era, that was called metal back then. Now we look at it and say it's rock and roll or hard rock. You know what I mean? But even like yeah. we talked about Bon Jovi, that was kind of on the fringe of hair metal. You know what I mean? It's like so things have changed a little bit. But you're definitely not like, you know, like this extreme metal guy. You just said as much, you know, and not, not surprised at all. I'm curious, though, like, you know, I mean, you do like a wide variety of music. I'm just, and what would you think is the heaviest thing that you're into? Well, I'm into the new Steeler music right now, writing songs with Mitch Perry uh, for, <laughs> for the new Kill World album. And Steeler's got to be heavy. Steeler has to be metal. I mean, you can't mm, come out with I like a, that. Steeler, the new Steeler tracks have to be metal. At least my definition of metal, which was, you know, Saxon, Priest, UFO, Maiden, whatever. I mean, uh, there, there's there has to be elements of, of those influences in the new Steeler music. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to stay faithful and true to those roots while continuing to express myself in other ways. Uh, sometimes it's a shout. Sometimes it's a whisper. Mm-hmm. But it's all rock and roll to me. How about this? What's the heaviest record you released? Saber Tiger. Oh, really? All right. That's by far the heaviest album of my career. That was uh, that's that that that's that's heavy metal, heavy progressive metal, whatever you want to call it. I guess there's a lot of different terms they could apply to that now. But in 1997, when we released that album with uh, Japanese guitar star Akihito Kinoshita, that was uh, it's by far the heaviest record of my career. I would love to do something like that again. In fact, I talked to Akihito Kenoshita, the guitarist from Saber Tiger. Rolls off the tongue. including a lot of practice. <laughs> you got it, I man. talked to him about putting a new Saber Tiger track on the Keel World album. I think it would be fantastic. There's uh, obviously a lot of logistics in the language mm-hmm. barrier and the distance mm-hmm. between here and Sapporo, Japan. But if we could get a new Saber Tiger track for Keel World, I would love it. No promises, <laughs> no guarantees, but I think... That's an important part of my history and my career that I'd like to acknowledge. Hmm. So this Keel World thing, I'm not familiar with it. Would you like to explain it? Well, you should subscribe at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. You can get all the updates. You can see the album cover artwork already revealed on Patreon. Hmm. I mean, right on. I'm pretty sure you remember. I appreciate your support. But, you know, you don't have to go very far to find out what uh, no, I'm doing. Uh, you know, just patreon.com slash Ron Keel and enter the words Keel World. Just one word, Keel World. Keel enter world. that word Keyword. into Keel your world. search bar. Keel World. And this all happened because, man, I'm having, having dinner with a friend of mine, a photographer. It's his birthday, surprise party. And we're all having dinner. And his dad's sitting across the table from me. And we sit down and the guest of honor, his birthday 
the birthday guy, he wasn't there yet. So we're all sitting around the table waiting for him to arrive and surprise you know, for his birthday dinner. And his dad sitting across from me at the table says, so what's going on in Kill World? Like, Radar's on. I wrote that down. Registered the domain <laughs> right then and there. Keelworld.com. Literally, oh, I went on my I said, oh, hold on, hold on just a second. I'll have a salad, please. Register the domain, keelworld.com. And I thought that's my next album. That's where I live. It's who I am. It's it's my it's my special place uh, in the you know, it, it, it's Keelworld. It's where I it's where I live. Amazing. So uh, and I realized, Jason, that after 40 years in the business, and it takes two, three years maybe to get a new original product out there by the time we write it. And this writing process has gone on now for over a year. I've been writing these new songs for over a year. By the time I get them written and recorded and sung and mixed and mastered, and you get it released and you get it promoted, it's a long process. It, 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 it's been since 2019 since we had a new original album out mm -hmm. so i i do feel father time knocking on the door i i'm 61 how many more great albums do i have in me great new original albums and i'd like to think that you know i can keep it going and i'm, I'm optimistic i'm not calling it a day i'm not retiring this is not my swan song but man Am I going to be able to sing Steeler and Keel six, eight years from now? Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we've seen our our heroes, our vocal heroes, shine and decline, as we've discussed during this interview. I really want to make this record now while I still can, while I've got the chops, yeah. the, the energy, the drive, the pipes, all my tools still in the toolbox. Uh, this is the album of a lifetime. And for me to sing new Keel, new Steeler, new Ron Keel band, new Fair Game, Iron Horse, all that stuff, uh, it's a huge challenge. But I feel like now is the right time to do it. And you know, I may never get another shot. I'm going to take the – I think COVID and all the shit we've been through the last couple of years has taught us, should have taught us that – uh, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, we've, we've buried a lot of friends and we've lost our lo loved ones. And, uh, I, uh, I, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm on a one day contract. You know, this is the best day of my life until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So while I'm here, I'm going to live. I'm going to sing. I'm going to play. I'm going to explore and, and enjoy every possible opportunity uh, because you never know when, it's over uh, when this is over. And that goes back to that new single that I'm, uh, I'm super excited about, but uh, that's my philosophy. That's what I'm trying to do with my life, my career, my business, my, my music at, at this point in my career. What about your, uh, let's talk a little bit about, we're going to shift gears a little bit, a little bit. Uh, sorry. Uh, Anomaly, a movie you're, you're starring in. Give us some details. What, how big a role do you have in this thing? When's it going to be out? That kind of stuff. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, Jason, Baco, sorry. Either Baco. one's fine. You can see the entire oh, making nice. of the video, <laughs> the making of the movie, right yeah. there on patreon.com slash Rod Keel. 
I yeah. take you behind the scenes in the tunnels underneath Sandy Hook as I'm filming the movie. What more could you ask for than to go underground with me as I'm filming the scenes <laughs> for Anomaly? I don't know, a maybe paranormal. a brief explanation of your character and what you're doing. <laughs> I portray in this movie, and what a great opportunity and a great challenge. The producer, writer, director of the film, Terry R. Wickham, was a Keel fan. And that's how I got the gig. Wow. He reached out to me, gosh, probably what, four or five years ago and, and needed music for a video project he was doing. So we developed a friendship and a rapport. And he told me, I, I grew up listening to the Final Frontier. He's a Keel fan. And when it came time to shoot his latest, his newest movie, he asked me uh, if I'd be interested in this role. And at this point, man, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to accept that challenge. Mm -hmm. And, and I haven't acted in a long time. I did a few movies back in the 80s. I studied uh, acting. One of my favorite roles is uh, Grits from, uh, uh, well, I, can't remember the, I can remember your character's name, but I can't remember the name, name of the movie. The name of the movie is Bad Channels. Grits Bad had Channels. A, a major, Grits had a major role in that film, and they left it all on the cutting room floor. I got all of my speaking lines cut out of that movie. Apparently, I, you know, and acting is a huge challenge. Uh, it's it's not easy. It's it. These people on TV and in you know in in the movies they make it look easy, but it really is a huge challenge. So uh, he asked me to portray Russell Tate, the leader of a ghost hunting paranormal research team, basically, uh, that gets caught up in some really bad shit and a very scary movie. We uh, shot the first few scenes in Sandy Hook, New Jersey, last month, and. So far, it's uh, it's been an amazing experience and a great ride. I do take my fans at patreon.com slash Ron Keel behind the <laughs> scenes, and I show you some of the, the making of um, and uh, take you on location with me so you can be a part of this thing with me. Uh, but uh, it's a huge challenge. It looks like a really scary movie, and I love the script. I love uh, how the story unfolds. And how you don't really find out what the anomaly is until much later in the movie. Like Jaws, I mean, you know it's a shark, right? You right. know it's a shark. Even though you don't see the shark for 45 minutes, you know it's a shark. This movie, you don't know what the hell's going on until much later in the film. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And I, I've enjoyed shooting my initial scenes underground. Uh, literally in, in these old abandoned mining tunnels. Hmm where I'm looking for these paranormal phenomena and encountering some, some pretty scary stuff. Uh, but I, I just appreciate the chance to, to stretch my, my legs and, and embrace that opportunity working with a great crew, a great director, writer, producer, other actors and actresses that have a lot more experience and chops than I do. And I'm just trying to, to hold my, hold up my end of the deal. It's a, it's an amazing experience and I'm enjoying being a part of it. I'm guessing you anomaly. Yes, I'm guessing you were one of the. I'm guessing you were one of the tallest cast members or, or actors. Yeah, I usually am. You're a tall guy. I'm usually the tallest guy on stage. <laughs> uh, it's in fact, if I stand up, in fact, if I stand up, oh, look at that. There's a nice crotch shot, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, hey, I, I, it sounds like shooting's all done. Are they just? Uh, do we have an idea when it's coming out? No, there's no. Man, it's the movie business, you know, and uh, that's out of my control, out of my hands. Sure, you know, half the movies that get made don't ever get released. 
I mean, you know, so who knows? I mean, I, I'm just trying to do my job and, and carry my my load the best I can, enjoy the role and the experience and the opportunity. Uh, I did a movie back in, gosh, what was it, 88, 89, that was really, it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had a starring role in the film as the manager of a telemarketing firm. And I put my hair in a ponytail and wore a suit. And, and I was the manager of this telemarketing firm. And this is 88, 89. Uh, and I had a major role, did a lot of speaking lines, was on location for a month, and really worked really very hard on this film. And we got to see it. We got to go to the theater. Then the cast and crew and everybody, all our families, we get to go to the theater in Hollywood. And see the movie on the big screen. And it was really good. It was funny as hell. Part of shooting a comedy is, is the challenge of not laughing. Hmm. Because we're on set, man. It's, it's really funny shit. So you're trying not to laugh. You're trying to deliver the lines with a straight face. And just <laughs> bust up laughing. There were times the set was shaking because everybody was laughing so hard. <laughs> but we, we saw the, the finished cut at the theater. And I thought, man, this is great. This is my huge break as an actor. Because I thought I did good work. I had a major role, a lot of speaking lines. I was a major star of this film. It never came out, never got released, never got distribution, whatever. I don't know what happened, but I got to see it on the big screen at the theater in Hollywood. So, you know, like like music, like albums, some of the stuff that we record, create, books that we write, whatever, they never get released. I hope that Anomaly will get released at some point. Yeah, but that's out of my hands. That's in the hands of the business and the producers okay. and directors and writers. I got hired to do a job, and I'm going to do the best I can to execute this character, Russell Tate, the leader of this paranormal research team, searching for uh, the anomaly in this great new film. And I can promise you it's going to be great. Whether uh, We'll keep you posted, of course, at ronkeel.com. <laughs> I'm always posting updates and, and trying to promote the film. And the producer has a blog that he is kind of uh, the making of he's got his blog at manta ray pictures i believe it is uh, the website uh he's he's got some behind the scenes photos and video and his account of the making of the movie and i've got my version at patreon.com slash ron keel i just hope that there's a, a point where it does come out and there's some awards show where you walk up on stage and slap me. Um, so, uh, but the the only problem is that, like, I know better than to make fun of another man's wife. So, I would uh, I would have to come up with some other reason for you to do it. But you know, I did I did a, a cancer benefit last week. Uh, I was the MC and the host of the Kicking Cancer Jam, and this is right after the Will Smith debacle. Yeah. You know, Chris Rock, Will, Will Smith, whatever. And you know, I. I I got through the entire event without getting slapped, so I'm very thankful for that. And we raised uh, we raised tens of thousands of dollars of, of tens of thousands of dollars for uh, local families battling cancer. So very proud of that, and I didn't get slapped. And you know, uh, Baco, if there is an award show for Anomaly, I will nominate you as the host. Oh, that'd be I great, promise. or at least you know the presenter for the award that you're about. You know, and then you just come up and just haul off. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't expect I don't expect uh, you know I. I just hope that the film gets done and, and gets released. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the experience, man. I'm getting to be an actor and working with so many wonderful, talented, professional people and uh, getting to star in a movie. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a dream come true. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. And I, I just want to do the best job I can. 
Right on. I hope to see it too, to be honest with you. I think it's a really cool thing that you were doing and uh, definitely interested. So uh, another really cool thing that came out recently that, that involves uh, you more in a historical sense, but uh, that Metal Massacre got a 40th uh, reissue. And what a cool piece of metal history. And that, that's got to be a pretty big deal. For, for I mean, it's okay to pause once in a while, right, and look back and look at the things you've done. That you were a part of that, um, of course. I mean, it's, it's most notably known for being like one of the first official releases that involved Metallica. But you know, this is very early, you know, the '80s metal scene, and and you're on that thing, man. That's that's badass. Yeah, hold on, I'll be right back. Hold on, hmm. I got, I got, I got to get my personal copy off the, the desk out here. Right about it. This really is a huge accomplishment and a a really important piece of metal history. You know, I, mean, I saw I saw the picture of this, by the way, just real quick. Uh, I saw the picture of this on Ron Keel Patreon. <laughs> the uh, the first appearance on record of Steeler, Rat, Metallica, of course, you know, uh, it, it is a really important piece of metal history. Brian Slagle with this release literally put American metal on the map in 1982 mm-hmm. and to be a part of that and to be a part of this reissue is a, a huge victory for all of us um obviously you know you got guys on here that um robin crosby uh is no longer with us mm-hmm. um so it, it it's really special it really is and uh metal blade Brian Slagle has Brian. Brian was a guy who was working at the record store in Oz Records up in the San Fernando Valley in '81. Just a fan, really. Uh, he's built an empire with Metal Blade Records and all that he's done for the genre and for that culture and that history, and for him to still uh, you know, to be a friend and to include us on this reissue. And also, Brian did a a read for my audiobook. He wrote a review of Steeler in the New Heavy Metal Review. He published this little fan magazine back in the day. Right. Just a little, literally, literally a fan magazine where you take the piece of paper and you fold it in half and it's a magazine. <laughs> it's literally. <laughs> and he wrote a review of, of Steeler uh, when we first moved to Los Angeles. And I had him read that review for my audiobook. Uh, so I'm obviously very grateful for that. And to be a part of it, I. I it, Can you pull the vinyl up for the people watching this on YouTube? Uh, I think that's really sweet looking. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Ruby red. Ruby red mm, vinyl. Badass. And uh, this Steeler, track one. And that was part of the deal. If we're going to be on the record, Brian, I want to be track one, side one. And he was cool with that. And I also said, we can only do it for one pressing. You know, I think it was a thousand copies maybe that he was pressing at the time. So we pulled the Steeler track off. That was a really stupid business decision of mine at the time. But I wanted to keep our assets close at hand and close to the vest. And I wanted to maintain control and ownership of our our masters. And they replaced us on that second pressing with Black and Blue, Chains Around Heaven. Hmm. So to have both tracks uh, on this 40th anniversary reissue, it's just... uh, it, it is a great celebration. I, I try and celebrate the anniversaries as best I can. I do love the history, the legacy, the accomplishments, all the, the feathers in my cap, so to speak, 
that we've accomplished the last 40 years. And now it's, you know, you're getting the 40th anniversary editions of some of this stuff. And even last week, I, I totally spaced the uh, anniversary of the first keel gig, April 7th, hmm. uh, 1984. I get notified on, on Facebook or whatever. And I see the, I should have spiked that football because you can see that first keel gig from April 7th, 1984 <laughs> at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. You want to see the debut show of Keel? Hmm. I share that. I share all that stuff with my fans on Patreon. So uh, I try and celebrate those, uh, those big days. Uh, the Texas Jam, the Bon Jovi Tour, the sold-out gig at Madison Square Garden, the Japan Tour. All those huge dreams come true from uh, the 80s are still a big part of what I do now. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to keep it going, man. It sounds like you still stay in touch with Brian Slagle a little bit, or do you have a good relationship? Oh, absolutely, with him? yeah. All the time. All right on. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, one thing about uh, just uh, you, you said, harken back to your book for me. There was a chapter where um, I think your sister writes a little bit about, like, there's a part where she actually writes her view of things, if I remember right. And it was the first time that she actually saw you perform. Uh, and. It just reminded me of my relationship with my sister and stuff like that. Because, like, your, your family and friends, they, they see you go off and do these things. But, you know, they don't really have any fucking clue what's going on. And then they actually kind of see it. I found that it was that was really endearing the way she explained that. Uh, I, I, look, I don't really have a question here, Ron. I just thought that was a, kind of a cool moment of, from your book. Yeah, it was cool. I reached out to some special people in my life, my sister being one of them, because she's the one who got me into rock and roll in the first place. Same here. She's, she's 10 years older than me and she was 13, 12, 13. And she set me down in front of the TV and made me watch the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. And I was doomed at that moment. We're sitting on the floor in Atlanta, Georgia, no furniture, just a black and white TV on the floor. And we watched the Beatles together because she was a, a teenage girl and they're all about the Beatles in 1964. Uh, and her taste in music really shaped mine. She was listening to all those 60s, 45s and radio hits. And then she got into bands like Creedence and Three Dog Night. And, uh, whatever she liked and listened to, that's what I gravitated to. So she was a huge musical influence on me. Uh, we went our separate ways. She went off to college, got married. I went on the road with a rock band and, you know, we, we weren't as close as we, we wanted to be during those years. And then all of a sudden, oh, Ron's on MTVs <laughs> on the cover of the magazines. He's, he's touring with Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and Van Halen and Earl Smith. And she comes to the show and she's up there seeing me doing the, the gig. And all she can think about is, I changed his diaper. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. So she's got a different perspective on it. Uh, and still, we still share that uh, that connection. That uh, you know, she's she's one of my best friends of my whole life, and she's she's uh, seventy one now. Hmm. Uh, still very healthy, and she's active and healthy and, and doing great. We we have great genes in the keel the keel house. Uh, me and my sister both are. are You're wearing them tonight. God. Boom. Well, yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm very thankful for that relationship with her. And, and uh, so I had her just say her piece, you know, kind of, I had someone interview her, Derek uh, Miller from Hard Rock Haven oh, cool. interviewed my sister for my book. 
So he interviewed her and asked her questions. And we used some of those quotes in the book. He interviewed my music teacher. Uh, we've got Mark Ferrari in the book. Uh, Gene Simmons. Uh, Not familiar. Ryan Slagle. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people doing the audio reads. And you can listen to the first 14 <laughs> chapters of the audio book at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. Now, what got me, What why there's only 14 chapters on Patreon is because I got that deep into the book and realized I got to rewrite this. Mm. I got to, I got to redo this. I've got to add some of the stories I left out. I've got to update the content. I've got to um, kind of bring it up to date. It was published in 2014 and I've been through a lot since then. I want to include some of those experiences in the new edition of Even Keel, Life on the Streets of Rock and Roll, my autobiography. You can still get the ebook edition at Barnes and Noble uh, and Amazon Kindle and all that, but uh, the hard copies are, are sold out and we'll try and re release that in conjunction with the Keel World album. I'd like for all this to happen at the same time. The newish edition of the book with added content and all the some of the stories that I was afraid to tell the first time when I wrote the book, uh, the new album, Keel World, Keel Fest in uh, February of, of 2023. I'd like for all this to kind of converge at once to uh, to celebrate that uh, that new year in 2023. Next year, uh, the new album, Keel World, the album of a lifetime, the new edition of the book and a new Ron Keel band album next summer, a, a year from now, okay. because we're recording we're literally recording a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't know how many RKB songs are going to be on Keel World. Three, four, six, I'm not sure. Uh, whatever's left over will be a part of the new Ron Keel Band album next summer in 2023. And uh, so uh, just want to keep the keep the wheels turning, keep the ball rolling while I still can. I've got uh, the fifth, the uh, first band signed to RFK Media working on great new music. I just heard a session today that uh, they sent me. I was blown away, man. This this new music from the fifth is going to be super strong and really proud to have them on the label. Talk about a guy whose voice is still held up very well. Roy Cathy is still sounds amazing. Yeah. He's a super talent, man. That guy's, he's got the pipes, the personality, the passion, the drive, everything it takes to be a huge rock star. I'm ready to take him to the next level. Now, do you, do you need me to do record the audio chapters of your book that I'm uh, that where you talk about me? Um. Yes, please. Uh, uh, I suppose you want me to write it too. You know, otherwise, it's not going to be in there. Um, you know, I, I haven't gotten to to the Baco chapter yet. Uh, that's going to happen late one night after a few cocktails. I'll, I'll, start, I'll start writing about you, but uh, I appreciate you, man. You've been a good friend, a great uh, supporter of mine, uh, and I, I've really enjoyed our friendship, our talks mm-hmm. on your, your podcast, and I love what you're doing, and I appreciate being a part of it. Absolutely. You never let me down. A uh, quick Beatles thing because you brought them up. Did you watch Get Back on the, that uh, Disney Channel deal? No. God, I, I, I should. I want to. That came out during my hmm. – Silent period during the time when I'm not listening to any other music. Uh, and I've got a lot of catching up to do, but that's on the list. I, I was just fascinated because um, 
you know, we all, I don't know how you are, but I like the Beatles are basically this, this unattainable thing. Right. And to watch them interact in a way that reminded me of what it was like for me to interact with my bandmates in my basement or at rehearsal. It was just like, it really is all the fucking same. It's just, you know, it yeah. took, took a little bit of the, sh- look, it made, it humanized them a bit because they are just amazing. Um, but anyway, I would, yeah, I, I definitely looked, I can't love- believe, I can't believe they had the cameras rolling and that it took so long for that stuff to come out. Uh, uh, well, they did it, release it a, a, an edited version of it back in the '60s or whenever or the early '70s oh, yeah. when it came out. But I didn't know that. Um, but this is just—I don't know. It's not. It's definitely not unedited, but it's a lot more than you would typically get. I would just, you know, what I—I I I'd love to hear your thoughts on it when you do actually see it. So I can't wait to see that. And uh, you know, some of these—the Eagles story, the story oh, that of the one Eagles, was history amazing. of the Eagles. That, my goodness. And how they had the cameras rolling while they're writing songs. And I now I do it all the time, man. I've right. got the camera right here. I hit record and I record everything we do. I, when I walk into the studio in the morning and I don't, we record it at a professional facility, not here at my house. I do some work here at home, but I, I'm a firm believer in going to a real studio and using real engineers and real gear and all that. I walk in the door with the camera rolling and I keep it going the whole time. Uh, and I take all the fans behind the scenes with me in real time at patreon.com slash Ron. You can see the making up. You can see us in the studio. Literally the first time you're ever going to hear pieces of these songs as they come to life. Uh, and uh, I've learned that lesson a long time. We don't have any video from the eighties. We don't have any Steeler video. Mm. There's nothing. There's one show from Nashville in 81 before we left Nashville to move to LA. And then there's one show after Ingbe left the band. That's really crappy, grainy, hard to see poor lighting. Uh, and you can't see any of the band members. You just see a bunch of hands in the air. Uh, if we'd had cameras rolling back then, man, we'd have some stories to tell. But, uh, now if we're making up for lost time. Uh, the last thing I want to hit you with is a little bit of a sad, uh, or more serious topic. Uh, but, um, in like February 2020, the drummer of my band passed away, and it, you know, it, I'm not. That's not what I'm getting into, but it was reminded of it recently because of the passing of Taylor Hawkins. Uh, Foo Fighters is a band that that I'm into that much. It just in preparation for this, I know you you don't you're not afraid to dip into a a more serious topic once in a while. I hope I'm not getting too out of line or crazy here, but have you ever experienced something like that? Have you ever been? Is there any band member or something like that that you've lost? You, you talked about the. The, the horrible way you found out about your father, but what there's something weird about a band member, you know, that you're close to. You've ever, had, have you experienced that is where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, February 1980, Nashville, Tennessee. I was in a band called Taboo. I was the lead guitar player in this band, not the lead singer. We all shared lead vocals, mm-hmm. but I was the lead guitar player in this band. I was just a teenager. Um, and there were three black guys, two white guys, me and the drummer, Bill Cochise Reese, still a friend of mine. All these guys are still friends of mine, the ones that are alive anyway. Uh, I was really green, really young, really good experience. But uh, the band leader, his name was Kevin. He was the keyboard player and the band leader. He saw something in me and said, this, guy, this guy's got, got something special. And he encouraged them to get me in the band and we were we were in a band together for uh 
that year, that, that entire winter, uh, just rehearsing and writing songs and being creative. And Kevin was uh, 23 years old, um, a musical genius. Uh, these, the, the, the three black guys, Chris and Bill and, and Kevin, would sing these beautiful Motown-like harmonies. And we played metal, Motown, I mean, punk, disco, whatever. Mm. It was, there, was a, there was no musical barricades in that band. Whatever you write, we're going to learn it, we're going to play it. And it was, there was absolutely total musical freedom in that, in that band. Uh, a very incredible experience. And I learned a lot during that eight-month period that we were just literally just rehearsing and jamming and writing. And one night, uh, it was a snowstorm in Nashville, and uh, some of the guys couldn't make it to rehearsal because of the weather. And whoever could make it, it usually was it ended up being a, a party. You know, there's girls and there's other musicians, and it was a, a rehearsal, you know, at the, at the, the band house. And... So we started jamming that night and we were playing Funk 49 by the James Gang. I still have this on cassette. We're playing Funk 49 and Kevin, 23 years old, but B3 organ, a big Hammond B3 Mm -hmm. with a Leslie speaker, the whole deal. Just all of a sudden gets this look in his face and then dead on the keyboard right in front of us. Wow. Dead. Cerebral hemorrhage, heart attack at the same time. <laughs> uh, no drugs. It was a hereditary disease that he didn't even know he had. Hmm. Right in front of us, in rehearsal. And the, the guy taught me right then and there, this might be your last song. Play it. Give it everything that you've got play it like it's your last song and that lesson that he taught me that night in that uh, wintry nashville <laughs> it stayed with me every day since then and that is what 42 years ago yeah you can play tell it too. like it's your uh he gave us something priceless that night with his last note with his last his last song and every and still now i hear funk 49 by james Gang. oh yeah it probably and it right me, back right i mean yeah let's <laughs> hear it yeah yeah baby that song will always trigger that memory uh, and there's been times when he's been like on my shoulder, you know, Kevin, should I go to the major, or the minor here? Where should I go for the bridge? You know, and he kind of whispers in my ear. It's weird. You know, still after 42 years. So yeah, I, I've experienced the death of a band member right in front of me. Um, uh, we, you know, the longer we live, Baco, the more we lose. Yeah, of uh, course. Whether it's, uh, you know, I'm, my parents, my first wife, uh, my pets, uh, so many friends. I can't, I can't afford to go to all the funerals because every week it's somebody. It's a dear friend. Uh, 
my 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 circle is closing tightly around me as I get older, and and literally, it's 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 if I were to attend every memorial service or funeral or celebration of life of a dear friend that's died, it would be a, a all year tour. Uh, these lessons just teach me to live life to the fullest every day. Cause like I, I continue to stress. And like I said earlier, we're all on a one day contract. Um, I, uh, I am not guaranteed tomorrow, but I guarantee you, I'm going to, I'm going to live for today. And, uh, my only regret is wasting the last hour and 15 minutes talking to you. <laughs> well, that was perfect. Right on. Well, you, you know what? Of course, you never disappoint. Uh, thank, but thanks for sharing that. I wasn't trying to bring everybody down, but I think it's an important lesson there. That's and I cool, think it's, it's well said. Uh, uh, well, is there anything we didn't uh, touch on that you need to, to get out in the ether that we need to promote here, buddy? Patreon.com <laughs> slash Ron Keel. Thank you for being a, a long time. All access member Baco, I, I appreciate the opportunity to entertain you and your listeners and our friends out there, and hope that you've enjoyed this. Hope the viewers and listeners have, uh, you know, gotten a little something out of this, and and uh, I appreciate continuing to be one of your go-to guests. Let's do it again soon. All right, buddy. I, again, I, always a pleasure. I'm already anticipating the next appearance, so uh, we'll talk to you in a year, maybe. But uh, thanks for coming on. You ready to get out of here? Absolutely. Rock's not dead, but I'm a dead man rock, and find me online at ronkeel.com and meet me in Keel World in January of 2023. And I'll see you at Rock Timber in Hinkley, <laughs> Minnesota on September 10th. Sounds good. I think it's time to do this, don't you? Here we go, baby. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Baco time. All my life I've been fighting for the right. To take my stand Scream my anthem To the night I hold the power In my hand I'm gonna do it My way Or not do it at all Taking the world On my terms I'll take it By the balls I'm fighting For justice for the American way I believe in what I do And I mean what I say Cause you've got it What is it baby? The right to rock oh, We've got it The right to rock Don't let anyone tell you live your life. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, all the best to your wife and toots. Uh, tell toots I said hi. Hey, you tell toots I said hey, man. All right, buddy. Have a good night. We're definitely going to the hot tub now. Trust me. It's going to happen right now. All right. Good night, man. Good night. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 